Hi, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and we are here with Elijah Klein and the band Mojo Hand. Here's yourself, Elijah. Hey, I'm Elijah, and I uh, I sing and I play guitar in the band Mojo Hand. I also write most of the songs. Do you? Yeah. I'm a songwriter, too. I like listening to, to other songwriters and kind of going through the process of it. I got to ask you, though, the, the band name. I, I love when that bands have weird names. And I got to ask, where, where did Mojo Hand come from? So Mojo Hand comes from a line in the Grateful Dead song, Ramble on Rose. Okay. Uh, the, I think the line is just like Jack the Ripper, just like Mojo Hand. And we were just looking for a band name. And uh, that was the one that <laughs> we found that everyone liked. So we kind of just ran with that. See, I, I love naming bands weird names. When I look at the name of my band, I had all these other names trying to figure it out. And we finally came up with Yes, Ma'am. And it's cool. the it's the M-A-M. It's not like regular man. It stands for middle-aged men because we're all old. So it's Yes, Ma'am. That's awesome. <laughs> so what kind of music do you guys do? So uh, when we first started, it was kind of, the band was kind of started over. The shared influence was the Grateful Dead. That's where we got why we named it after a Grateful Dead song. Uh -huh. But uh, kind of over the years, just how it happens with everybody, like we we were we were most interested in the Grateful Dead's more folksier kind of Americana side, even yeah. though we improvise a lot. And so we kind of followed that rabbit hole and I got more into that kind of music specifically. And now some of my favorite uh, artists and bands are John Prine and Towns Van Zant and love Tom Petty and Jackson Brown. And so the music we make, we try to fuse really songs that we think are really thoughtful with a live show that includes a lot more improvisation than you might see with a lot of other Americana bands. How many are actually in your band? So it's uh, me. And then we have a keyboardist who also sings a little bit mm -hmm. and we have a drummer and a bassist. So it's a four piece. Okay. And you said you write most of the songs. Who does most of the singing? Do you do most of the singing too? Yeah, I do most of the singing and uh, our keyboardist has written a couple songs and does some singing too. I know when you get a band together, kind of, we always end up writing a song by practice. We sit there, we'll just start jamming around or something that happened to you guys a lot too. Yeah, I, early on, it was a lot of just messing around and just seeing what everyone could latch on to. And then just naturally over the years, we kind of settled on a process where usually it's me, I'll bring in like an idea for something. And it's usually a pretty fleshed out song idea. And then everyone kind of joins in and, and sees what they could add to it. And it it always ends up to like, it always ends up that I could have never thought of the stuff that everyone else adds so it's definitely a really collaborative process even though i write most of the songs yeah nothing that goes to anything i've talked about this a lot on the podcast is is co-writing i mean it's it's you got to do it it helps with other ideas like you have so much life experience that you that you have and you can lo only look at a, a wall a certain way right so somebody else needs to give you a little bit of their perspective and it helps change the, the flow of the song we don't really talk about like the lyrics mm -hmm. like 
no one really no one in the band really asks me about what they mean or anything <laughs> but i feel like everyone almost has a different interpretation of them and that even helps with the music itself like everyone kind of kind of uh infuses their own meaning of what they think the song is about into what they play musically i think that's cool because i mean you when you get somebody thinking of a song and when you write a song you know this is a songwriter you write it from your point of view but if you can hit somebody in a different way and which you always do they'll look at it in a certain way and like oh i didn't think of that that way and then even you i've had this discussion too it's like I'll write something one way and then years down the road, it will mean something completely different. Yeah. Or, or it doesn't really mean much at the beginning, but then you kind of grow to find a meaning in it. Yep. That's true too. Now yeah. you guys are out of New Jersey. What is yep. the, uh, the music scene out in New Jersey? I'm always curious. Cause I mean, out here in Georgia, I, I know what it's like and I, I've been to Tennessee, but the only time I ever been to Jersey was when I went to Atlantic city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the music scene in Jersey, it's it's weird because it seems like there is one from the outside. Mm-hmm. And there is for sure. But it's a lot of what you see from the outside. Like, it feels a little bit fabricated. And like, for example, like in Asbury Park, where which is obviously famous for, for the Stone Pony and Bruce Springsteen, like, Mm-hmm. They kind of try to make it look like there's really a strong music scene going on there, but it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's fabricated. Like I said, at least it feels that way. Like it's hard for new bands to get into that, like to find a way in to those venues and all that. But we, so we, we kind of accepted from the beginning, like, all right, we're not even going to, we're not going to focus on trying to get into these, to the stone pony although we've played there a couple times like mm-hmm. we're not going to focus on trying to get into this music scene that looks like from the outside and we just focused on creating our own kind of thing and so it, our our whole community is based around our festival we do every summer it's a diy festival and we do it in a different field or backyard wherever we could find every summer and this year was the fifth one and so pretty much it just gets bigger every year and we just get a a bunch of different bands that we like and from the area and and it it's grown every year it started small and we felt like there wasn't a lot of music, a big music scene and now it feels like we kind of have a a community that we uh fit into which is cool is that the mojo fest i, I saw on, online yeah yep mojo fest so explain that then, because that's pretty cool that you're putting on festivals for locals. I mean, that, that's, I live in the woods too, so I, I have plenty of land to throw that stuff. I've done it before, but I'm, I'm always, it intrigues me when somebody talks about that because it's, you're helping other artists get their music heard. I mean, it's, uh-huh. it's gotta be a cool event. Kind of go into detail about that event. So it basically started, uh, our friend was our friend, Hope. She said, do you guys, I'm, I want to throw a party this summer. Do you want to play in my backyard? And that was the first one. And then after that, like, it was like one of the most fun shows we'd had up until the, that point. And we were just like, the, the gears started turning and we were like, all right, we might have to do this every year. And so then we did the next one, the, the second one, the next summer. 
and the whole big uh, secret is that there we're on Mojo Fest five, but there was only four Mojo Fest. We just got we went straight to Mojo Fest two. The first one wasn't even called Mojo Fest. It was just like a party we had. And yeah, so yeah, just it just kind of grew every year. We have people uh, sell their like shirts they make or like jewelry they make and can come and sell food. It's it's just uh, and and the past two had had to happen during the uh, pandemic, so they were a little bit different. But it almost felt more like we needed it these past two times, not even just us, but the whole community, right. just because, I mean, we had to, we did it as safe as we could and no one got sick, thank God. But uh, it, it, was, it felt important to do it now. And it was a day where everyone could just get together and, and just have a good time and enjoy some music, which we weren't able to do for a while. That that leads me to a question on that. Then is how is is the music scene there now? As far as like, are you getting to go out and play gigs? Is it still kind of restricted? Uh, so it's a it right now. It's pretty much it's it's not too restricted. Uh, I guess at the beginning of the summer, a lot of the restrictions lifted, mm-hmm. and we've been playing gigs in New Jersey again, in New York City. We've been playing in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, and just trying to do everything we can as safe as we can for now and just seeing where it goes. Now, do you guys book your own, your own gigs? Yep. We book them all ourselves. That's cool. Now that's tell people that are, they're trying to do that. How you do, how you book your gigs, like out of state stuff. I mean, it, there's everyone just, you know, you could, you could send emails just like, blind and and that's one thing but to venues but we're we've never been afraid like with mojo fest or or anything like we've never been afraid of taking the more diy route Mm -hmm. so a lot of it is just we we talk to friends in the area and see if they want to put something together in their backyard or at their college or at a venue they know and honestly most of our gigs come from other gigs that we played so like we played a gig two years ago at a venue in new york city and seemed like a smaller gig but that led to three different gigs one was in massachusetts one was in pennsylvania so it kind of is just one one thing leads to another and i think the big thing is just you gotta you gotta just start and just play as much as you can and hope we all could just hope that it just leads to more and more stuff. Now, are you getting to play your originals or you have to do covers and stuff too? Uh, sometimes we have to do a couple covers just to fill when we have a, a time like mm-hmm. restriction, but most of the time it's mostly covers. I mean, mostly originals, yep. which is, now, I'd rather do originals too. Anytime I play out, it's like, I'd rather do my originals. Than have to, I, one, cause I hate, I mean, I don't really, I hate it cause I don't, I don't I don't like doing covers at all because when I started writing, it was my own stuff. I could never, I never sat down with the timing of it and try to figure out somebody else's song. And how am I going to do it any justice? That, that was my always biggest argument with doing that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you have to be such a good musician, like (laughs) technically to be able to really wow people with someone else's song. But if you're singing something that you wrote, 
then even if you're not the best musician, like you, at least that's your, your thing. So, right. and your expression. So. Yeah. Cause I always took the covers and changed them. I would never do it the original way. Do you guys have a favorite cover that you guys do? Uh, lately we've been doing lawyers, guns and money by Warren Zevon. Okay. That's, that's the one. And so like a lot of shows, some shows will play that have a younger audience and no one knows it but it's just a good one. Cause it has like some crazy lyrics and it's just loud and bombastic. It gets people excited, mm-hmm. but it's also awesome when someone in the crowd knows the song and, and you give them a little nod and it's just a good crowd moment. Now, is there like a song that you guys do that maybe they wouldn't expect you to do? You put like a shaggy song or something like that. We, uh, we, we've, uh, yeah, we, we're definitely not afraid to, just like we've done it a lot like we'll just play try to think we've played hey ya by outcast okay sometimes it's it's just especially with a younger crowd we like to just throw something in that'll just get them moving and open their ears up and get them excited so that they're on our side and we we can now take them on where wherever we want to yeah so yeah a lot of stuff like that you said bombastic. It just made me think, oh, a shaggy. I wonder if he does a shaggy song. Because that would be <laughs> funny to take a shaggy song and turn like a Grateful Dead sound. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So how long have you guys been playing? Um, so we started when we were in high school. So I've known the bassist of the band since we were two years old. We met in daycare. Oh, wow. <laughs> We, we also look related, which we're not. So it's a pretty crazy. We always get people coming up to us and asking if we're related. But so we grew up together and always like kind of our music tastes developed together. Mm-hmm. And we were in a couple different bands that were like different genres and, and just trying to, you know, see where we fit in with the whatever, like the local music scene. And then his dad took us to see Dead & Company in 2015. And it kind of like turned a switch in our heads and we we're like, all right, we need to check this out. So we started a new band and we recruited our keyboardist we have now to his name was Ian is Ian. And I knew him from high school. And so us three became pretty close friends and we started playing gigs pretty much immediately with mostly covers. And we had a different singer at the time who also played guitar and we had a different drummer and it was pretty much a rotating cast of musicians for a while until I started college and I met our drummer Jasper. And that it was, that was definitely a turning point. Like at that point we had a different singer and who was also playing guitar, but like it was the first time we felt we were, we were uh, really playing as a unit and like, kind of finding our voice musically and then for a number of reasons our our singer at the time had to to leave the band and I was tired of going through singers and I secretly always wanted to sing and so I was just like you know what fuck it like I gotta just do this this is the best reason for me to start and so then I started singing and pretty much immediately realized that I've been like, I should have been doing this for a while. Like, 
definitely like it a lot. So, well, let's hear one of your songs. What songs you want to do? I'm gonna do one from the album that we're about to put out. Okay, called something you can't hold. Something you can't hold. Now, is there a story? I'm a like songwriter too, so I like the stories. Is there a story behind it? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I wrote it during the lockdown and. I don't know. I, I think probably a lot of what I was thinking about at the time, at the beginning of the lockdown seeped into it, but I'm not sure really if there's a story behind it. Okay. Well, we'll see. Once the band is packed and rolling And the crowd is all gone home You can listen to wind And hear the songs they sung Without purpose or reason Just a truth ought to be told That's the beauty of something you can't hold there is land no one has traveled. There are views no eyes have known. Where the mountains sit like Buddha, under the trees they've grown. All the things those mountains learn from watching life come and go. That's the beauty of something you can't hold. Once we're buried neath the dirt, and our children are alone. They can look around and listen to the stories that we told. They say the best time to plant a tree is now, though you can't watch it grow old. That's the beauty of something you can hold. That's the beauty of something you can't hold. That's the beauty of something you can't hold. I like that. Thanks, man. It's got a very Jackson Brown vibe to it. Yeah, I was definitely listening to a lot of Jackson Brown over <laughs> lockdown. So. I sit there thinking like the, I know that's that reminds me of the load Jackson Brown I was like oh, just, it was I like it it's really good yeah cool thanks man so I, I'm always curious like with those kind of styles like they call them Americana or, or traditional like I always call my my music mutt music because there's so much that goes into oh. it I'm just curious like inspiration wise I mean where where do you get it from a lot of times I mean it's helpful to as if I just look at myself as a songwriter, it's definitely helpful to have 
an electric rock band that <laughs> I play in because, mm-hmm. I mean, I a lot of the music I listen to is acoustic, like a large percentage of it, but mm-hmm. definitely I, I feel like I get a lot more inspiration. I get a lot more inspiration from the the loud way that we play and the the just like the fact that I have that we there's just more ideas to bounce off each other since we're playing as a four piece rock band rather than just me playing with a guitar, which I like too, but there's nothing like playing with a, a full band in my opinion. Yeah. I, there's if you, if people that I could just sing or song about, if, if they've never had that, that feel, there's something when the band clicks and everybody's in the groove and then all of a sudden you become a jam band. It just, it happens. Definitely. <laughs> I, I love that feeling. For real. It's, it's the best. So do you have um, things coming up like in the future that you're, you're playing out? Cause I know you're right now in, in Jersey, but I mean, what do you got going on future wise? This, this episode uh, will come out in a couple of weeks. So cool. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a, a bunch of gigs coming up. I'm trying to think we've got one. October 2nd in New Jersey. We've got one October 8th in Pennsylvania. Uh, we've got another one coming up the night before Halloween in New Jersey, which will be like a big hometown show. Uh, yeah, and we're we're getting ready to release the album that we've been working on for for the whole lockdown and we try to play at least one show every weekend. And so we always have more, more uh, dates coming up and we are, we're updating the Instagram page and everything, letting people know where we're at with cool. all the time. Well, let's talk about your album. What, what's it? Where's it called? Uh, it's called Songbook. Songbook. And how many, uh, how many songs is it like an EP, an actual album? Uh, it's nine songs. Nine songs. So I think it's, I think it fits into the, <laughs> into an actual album length. I, I see. I never got that. I guess I know that there's LP and EP. I was like, come on, yeah. it's an album. You know, you got how many songs you put on there. You can put yeah. as many as you want. Now, yeah. what kind of, um, songs are like on there? There's a lot of, uh, easy going. Is there more kind of explain what, what you're putting on there? Uh, so there's a couple ballads that like the one I just played mm-hmm. and still with the full band, but definitely more kind of laid back. And then we've got a couple that are just definitely more rocking and, and high energy too. You gotta have those songs too. I mean, they, when you're playing out and, and you know, this, you gotta read the crowd. I mean, if you're at a bar, you don't want to do a lot of slow songs or you're jamming out in the woods and people drinking, having a good, having a good. Watch out, cat. <laughs> there you go. My, my cat changed. Over on me. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah. My cat jumped up. I was like, go away, cat. What are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. That's the first, that's the first time the cat inter- interrupted my one of my. Yeah. Uh, he wants in. So you said there's some ballads on there, and we're talking about like rock and and, and fields and stuff. Yeah, you gotta uh, make sure you're playing some upbeat stuff for people. Yeah, 
yeah, we it's it's mostly upbeat stuff, but I try to uh, kind of we try to make those songs just as meaningful and to us at least and and as the as the ballads. Okay, now when you're playing out, you've been playing for a while. You gotta have some stories. I love hearing stories as much as I hear stories of the song as a band. So, what is one of the and you don't have to give names of it the worst venues or one of the most worst things that happened to you while on, on the trip while you're out there gigging wow so i mean we've it, it's funny because a lot of the shows we do are diy so in less traditional uh less traditional venues so we've we've showed up to shows that we've driven pretty far for and like it's unflattering to say the least but at the same time like honestly usually like we'll always be nervous about what it's going to be like when we get there but we've driven far and and been nervous and gotten there and it end up being one of our favorite shows we've had so like yeah we've had crazy like flat tired like late for the show kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of specific stories. Just like we bringing people along with us, like that aren't in the band, and then arguing, getting in arguments, <laughs> and like uh, everything. Just yeah. Now you said a van. I'm I'm thinking of like one of those VW vans because you're talking yeah, about the gray foot and dead. I wish we've got a. Uh, we usually take when we're all going together. We take a. Uh, our basis Ford Flex. It's a blue <laughs> Ford Flex. Oh, I got a fancy one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the place that you played, now this is where you can you can name a venue. What's one of the better places that you played? Um so we've I mean what some of our favorite shows happened at there was a a local uh pittsburgh diy basement venue called the oakland tiny desk which is an open but we played there a couple times and it's like a six hour drive and we usually do it the day of the show and we show up and you never know how many people are going to show up but it's always packed usually and even the shows where it's not packed have been some of our best shows so that i think that and uh We've also played at Lafayette College, which always has a good crowd and a a, uh, a good scene of, of people who are supportive and down to hear original music and uh, have a good time. Now, tell everybody, because that brings a good point. You're going different states, right? You're going to state different states. How are you getting your the word out to the crowd to show up? Because that's always been a thing for, for songwriters is they want to play in front of a bunch of people. But a lot of times they can't get a people to show up. So kind of give things that you do that helps you with that. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is we, we do a lot of promoting on Instagram and trying to get people who like, we always, we always try if we're going to go somewhere where we've never played before to mm-hmm. find someone who we know in that area who could help us spread the word a little bit. But I think most of the growth in each individual new area that we go and play, most of the growth comes from just going back there repeatedly. 
Like maybe the first time we went, it was kind of shitty and there were only a couple people, but if you can get those people to come back and bring their friends, yeah, you don't have to play there too many times before you're, you get a nice crowd. See, and that goes to a thing I brought up too with other people is that's how you, you, you got to be organic. You got to build the crowd. I mean, Facebook yeah. and Instagram and all that stuff works for getting recognition and getting your name in front of people. But mm-hmm. a lot of times that doesn't translate into, into to people actually showing up and buying your merch or buying your tickets or, or just listen to your music. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it, it feels like it may be harder now than ever to get someone to come, to leave their house and come mm-hmm. to a show. So, like, you, if you're going to be relying on social media posts to get people to come exclusively – you that better be a good post because like you have to convince them to leave their house and come see a show like even you might get be getting likes on 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 a post but it doesn't always translate like you're saying to getting someone to come out and and i think that that goes for everybody i mean it was funny when when a pandemic hit everybody had to figure out how to make money even the guys that have been doing music professionally you know and i say and i say professionally because they're making they can make a complete living out of it had to find ways to make money and then i started seeing a buddy of mine he started doing his drive the drive through shows i'm like the drive-in shows i was like i never thought of that and then i just saw it taking off you guys ever done any drive-in shows before uh not we've never done any drive-in shows we've done we did like socially distanced a couple shows outside but uh it was cool at the beginning. I mean, not cool, but like it was interesting to see at the beginning of the pandemic, like right. everyone from the Rolling Stones to local musicians had the same platform. And it was mm-hmm. just like, you have to use the internet. That's all we got right now. And it was interesting to see how different people like navigated that. Yeah. Cause uh, some of the people have been doing like the uh, Rolling Stones stuff, they're probably not used to having to use the internet to, to get their point across. And I, I always have a hard time. And I, I've told this before is like playing like live stream because you're looking at your phone or your camera and it's not the same. And then you want to interact with people, but you can't, I mean, because you're playing, it's, it's not the same. Yeah. It's definitely super, super different. Super I mean, even, different. even this, like when I do, when I do the podcast, usually, is I will do it outside in the gazebo. I've got a gazebo that I do it here. I call it the bird's nest. And I'm actually building a studio in my garage for like cold days and when it's raining. Mm-hmm. And I let them play live. Like me and you are sitting there playing live. And when you played live, I didn't hear any problems. I don't know if you're on a phone or a laptop mm-hmm. or, or what, but it, it, it seemed to be okay. It must, are you on a phone or a laptop? I'm on the phone. I figured because I know that the Zoom literally, it usually sounds weird with music. Cause I I'm in music school, so we uh-huh. had to do like and shit over Zoom uh-huh. during the quarantine, and so I knew that. So, but I'm on the phone. You could usually get a pretty good video, so I figured might as well try it. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Usually, it's like it goes underwater. As soon as you start playing, it sounds like you're just underwater. That's what most weird. To it. Yeah. But I, but my point was, I was I'm learning to do like this. Like you're in New Jersey, obviously you're not in Georgia, and you're probably won't be in Georgia anytime soon. But if you are, you're more than welcome to come to the gazebo and do yeah, a show man. there. I've done bands. I've got a PA system I run. I mean, I've had an eight piece band up there 
I mean, it's harder. I've got to do all kinds of things and I'll cut, cut parts of it, but, but I like hearing the live music and that's what I prefer as far as if, if anybody is a, a singer songwriter and it doesn't matter where they're at in their career it, it, you can, everybody starts somewhere you're beginning, you know, you got a small amount or you could be doing it for years and years and years and be selling places out. I don't mind any level. What I, what I always ask is play live because I think that is where you separate yourself from being a songwriter to being a singer songwriter. And maybe you're just a songwriter and that's fine because you got to get your music heard. But if you want to be a singer songwriter, you got to be able to do it live. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all about. And there's even, I mean, I'm a music fan before anything. And I think you kind of have to be in order to, to really be into making your own music, but like there, there's nothing like, I mean, I listen to albums all the time, but there's nothing like going and seeing it live and, getting to connect with the person that that you've been listening to or even someone that you're just discovering. Yeah. And you, it tells a lot about a, a person. I mean, look what happened to imagine dragons when they did the halftime show and they just, mm-hmm. Oh my God, it was, it was, the, I love their album stuff and I've never ever seen them live. That's the first time I've seen them live. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that, hopefully that's not how they always sound, Yeah, but it, that it just had to do it and i guess it's yeah. the genre of music it's kind of i guess it's harder in pop music to do live stuff because you get all the beats and the dancing and you're and you're making it more movement like with singer songwriters yeah. and bands you can stand and just play and sing yeah yeah definitely a different thing see i told you you see my son running in and out every time i do yeah. an interview i just he comes running in that's awesome <laughs> so let's hear another song from you sure uh Let's see. This is an. I'm gonna play another one from from the album we're about to put out. We don't have a release date yet, but I just got the masters back today, and we're we're trying to just get it out as soon as possible. So this and, one's and if, called Right at the Gates. And if you ever want to do like um like an album review, I do those too. And what I do differently is I don't I don't critique it because it's that, what's my opinion mean anything. What I do mm-hmm. is um you play you come on you talk about the songs because i got a songwriter i like to hear your stories and then i play it so if you ever got sure. that out let me know for sure definitely all right never have so much fun that you throw away your health Never be so careful that you can't enjoy yourself Learn to come to terms with the tides rolling in So when it floods you can still remain wealthy Teach a man to fish and he'll feed his whole family Grant a man a wish and he'll feed all of humanity Teach a man a song, sing it to his kids If he's lucky they'll be singing it for longer than he can and when the clouds hang low, try and sing the blues away. Love brought us to this world, so let's leave it that way. Don't have to carry on, just at the end of the day, if they don't let us into heaven, we'll party right outside the gates. Don't be afraid when the wind comes and sweeps 
Everything you know into the breeze changes the air that our lungs used to keep. Our head on our shoulders while we find our new feet. And when the clouds hang low, try and sing the blues away. Your love brought us to this world, so let's leave it that way. You don't have to carry on, cause at the end of the day, if they don't let us into heaven, we'll party right outside the gates. Stop and grab a glass Cause we always were that kid With the dream yet alas We seem to forget Well that's different than they say But we're not too far gone There's gotta be a way When the clouds hang low Try and see who's away Love brought us to this world Let's leave it that way Don't have to carry on Cause at the end of the day If they don't let us into heaven We'll party right outside the gates I like that one too. Thanks, man. Yeah, you may want to have to send me the uh, an audio of you playing it too. I'll just keep my email. You can send it to me. That way, I, I can hear the hear. How I can do it. I can put it in, make it better. Cool. That reminded me a lot of like Alice's restaurant. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> nice. I ran. I happened to find Alice's restaurant by complete accident in California. I was me and it was me and my little kids and my mom, and we were just driving up the coast. And then we took this road to the woods and then we I was driving forever. It feels like for hours and we came across this little restaurant. I was like, okay, everybody's got, we got to eat. Let's go on in. And they're sitting there playing Alice's restaurant on their loop. And then it hit me like, huh. oh, hey, we're at the Alice's restaurant. <laughs> That's so funny. That's awesome though. Now I have to ask, cause I don't know if they ever changed like the, the boardwalk in New Jersey. Did they ever rebuild it? Uh, so we're in like Asbury park after like burned down the riots and everything. Yeah. yeah so there's certain, the whole boardwalk is rebuilt. There's certain, uh, there's certain kind of like, there's one at one end of the boardwalk. There's like where the, I think it was the casino back in the day mm -hmm. that got burned. Down. It's just like kind of a shell of a building, but it's kind of a landmark at this point. And like, they just leave it like that. And then I convention hall. I'm not sure what, the damage was like but that's completely uh operable now and they have shows in there and i've seen a bunch of shows in there and yeah the the last time i was in new jersey um was in 1999 uh -huh. and that's before the hurricane wiped out the, the boardwalk in atlantic city and i just remember walking on that thing it was so cool yeah a, a lot of uh places are still uh not the same like the seaside boardwalk uh i don't think it really ever because they had a after sandy they had a fire that i don't even remember how that ended up starting but mm -hmm. that so after that it was just like i haven't even been there since that but that's another boardwalk that's near us that yeah still has never we went to it was 99 we went to New Jersey, we stayed in Jersey and went to Atlantic City, and then we drove into New York City. So we've got pictures of me and my my oldest son on the boardwalk, and then we got a picture of all of us in front of the World Trade Center. Wow, yeah. And I don't know if I ever go to New York City again. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was so crazy there; they were just bumping everybody and kicking at cars. I mean, it was it was not a place to drive. If I go back to New York City, I'm actually just gonna 
get like an Uber or, or something else and or walk. Me and the drummer of my band. So we're in school in New York City. And so and we go back for band practice to New Jersey like every week. And where I'm from in New Jersey, it's not rural. It's like in, it's it's a suburb, but de- it's way quieter. And every time we come back from uh, New Jersey back into the city, it's like a complete sensory overload. No matter how many times we do it, it's just it's crazy. It's definitely a crazy place. Is it getting back to normal for New York with people like remote uh, walking around? It, it definitely it feels like it. It feels like it. I know because I went through we went to Maine a couple of years ago and we drove up through New York, but we didn't go like through New York city. We kind of stayed away from all that part. And it was, it, it was, it was even then it wasn't, well, it was, before, I guess it was before COVID. So it was still pretty busy. I just remember I had to help a, a guy change the tire. He was at a gas station, couldn't change it. He said, you got to be from the South. I said, why? You're the only person that stopped and helped me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, a, there's a different vibe here. It's, it's a different thing. Oh, it's, it's, I've met a, a lot of people about a, a friend in school. She was from New Jersey. I couldn't understand her and she probably couldn't understand me neither. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She had that thick New Jersey accent. She's like walking the dog and yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I don't have an accent, but I probably do a little bit. I don't hear yours. I, I really don't. You, my wife is uh, military, so she's been all over. So she's lived in New York and uh-huh. Dallas and Georgia, and she sometimes she'll get that New York accent, but you got like uh-huh. a you like almost Midwestern accent. It's just kind of plain. All right, cool. <laughs> I know mine's country. You ain't got to say nothing. <laughs> yeah. So you got your uh, where are you recording your album at? Uh, we recorded it. Uh in brooklyn at this place called south first sound okay it was by this guy sean walsh who plays in the band the national reserve and uh i just saw them in a youtube video online and was just like and saw he had a studio and i was just like he'll definitely get what we're going for and we we mainly just in a producer wanted someone who just had an outside perspective that could kind of just pr- provide another set of ears so that, cause you know, it's sometimes it's hard to when it's your music to hear mm-hmm. it objectively. And so we just wanted someone who got what we're trying to do and who we could learn from and who had a kind of outside set of ears. Yeah. I can imagine with, with um, that kind of the kind of music that you're doing that you wouldn't need it because it's to me music's subjective anyway so i get mm-hmm. the idea of having somebody help you with that part of it definitely so anybody like that that's helped you that's part of your team give them a shout i have no problem with you name dropping or anything on, on the show yeah because uh molly introduced me she said yeah can, will you do a band I'm like, yeah i can do a band i can do anybody wants i don't care yeah she we actually met her because so she's friends with sean who produced the album and mm-hmm. While we were recording, she came in and uh, she brought like cookies and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we met her. And and so when we uh, now that we're done with the album, we got in touch and she's been helping us out, which is awesome. Yeah, she had a I met Sam. Uh, I don't know if Sam Phelps. He's from New York. He, mm-hmm. he had to come on a show 
And then she reached out from Kentucky. I'm like, Molly, you're all over the place. Now she's got a Kentucky guys. And now she's got New York and New Jersey. And I think she's yep. moved like to Tennessee. So, <laughs> yeah, yes. She, she, I, yeah, that's what I heard. Now this comes out. You say you don't have a date yet for the album, right? Uh, should be around the end of October, early okay. November. That's what, yeah. that's what you're shooting for. Now, did you guys play all the instruments on there yourselves? So you had to bring anybody else inside? Uh, so we had so Sean, the producer, he sang on a couple tracks, backing mm-hmm. vocals, and did uh he might have done a little bit of guitar. I'm just not sure exactly on which songs it kind of got blended up. And then he, in his band, he his old lineup of his band, he had this guy Johnny Lamb who played some pedal steel on some songs. And then we had John Lee Shannon, who's another guy from from uh, Brooklyn, and he played. He came in to play some mandolin, and then he also played a guitar solo on one uh, track. So, got a couple different guys on there helping us out, and it was just cool to just like to have a producer who could like put their outside touch on it, just to have some some people to uh, to add their touch musically was cool, and it's just cool to hear on your song someone else playing. It's just it's cool. So you got mandolin and steel in your music. Are you sure you're not a country band? <laughs> I th- I, it's it's a. I feel like we ride that line for sure. It's listen- weird because like we dress in all denim and wear cowboy hats, and people think we're <laughs> country and are playing, and we're just like a loud rock band. And I think it'll add a whole another element of confusion when they hear the studio stuff that has the mandolin and the. But I, I like it because I like that it kind of confuses people because anyone who's not going to listen because of how we look or, or whatever, like that's we're I think we'll find our niche. I think there's a lot of people who dig stuff similar to what we do and just, I'm not worried about confusing people, you know? That's what I said with my, I always called it mutt music because it's such a mixture. Everybody loves mutts. How can you not? Yeah. Even music that you think sounds like just one straight down the middle thing. It's mm-hmm. obviously like a, a big mix of different uh, different influences. So, well, see, that's why I like with my I, I play my iPod more than I play anything because I've got like tons of songs that I, I saved, and you got Spotify too. You can do, but I would get bored listening to like the same if it's same if it's country all for like eight hours. I'd be bored. I need a little rocked on in there i need a little bit of r&b i need a little bit of jet i need blue i need something else to break up yeah. the monotony of, of just that music and i think if you have like my producer says i have musical tourette because i will put some of the weirdest shit in there i will like oh let's do a french horn let's let's try steel drums on this and it's like i, I need spice I, I can't have just the same thing over and over and it's all from it all comes from the same place too you know mm-hmm. and everyone's playing the same notes and just in their own way so and it's it's good to to have outside influences to bring into whatever the main genre you kind of like is. Right, I, I think it's yeah. My my favorite band uh, or one that I that I kind of modeled my band after was John Cafferty mm-hmm. and the Beaver Brown Band. I love that style. I love putting in the rock with the saxophone. I'll do I would do it every song if I could. I would I just would. And then. But when it gets like the songwriting stuff, I go a lot toward like Gary Allen style. 
you know, I just, I love that, that sad country stuff that was stories. And then like the Hank Jr. I just grew up on like the, the Eagles and Hank and, and, and all the bad company, all that kind of stuff. So I'll put in a little outlaw stuff in it as well. I just like all kinds of music. And I think anybody that does it that way, like you said, you do with your, with your band and you got like ballads and you get rock and you get great bed influences and Jackson Brown influences. I just like the style. I, I think it's really cool. Thanks man. So I'm going to play one more song. Uh, cool. and like I said, send me the audios to it um, as well. And I'll, that way I can, in, I can put it in and maybe make it sound a little bit better if I get the audio straight to me. Because I, I, I'll do like a little tinkering with like the reverb and stuff. I'll give you a little. Everybody loves reverb, right? Yes. Let's see which one. Let me look at the list real quick. Sure. I don't know if it's camera off. It won't matter. Uh, I'm doing all audio. So like I said, with my the way mine's set up, my internet is so slow. If I was to do um, video, it just it would take like a week to upload. <laughs> it would. It would piss. It would piss me off. So, so what song are we right. doing? This one's called Highway Girl. I think it's going to be the single. And it's definitely more of a an upbeat one. Okay. But uh, I'll try it just acoustic. We'll see what happens. Yep. She's a highway girl. She runs on highway time. She's got a sparkle in her eye. The kind you could never guess why she want to have. She's a highway girl, yeah, you know the kind. She don't know what lies ahead, but she knows whatever it is, she won't find it here. She's bound to the small town she calls her home. But she'll be highway bound towards Reno before dawn. And she's bound to find a reason to come home. Yeah, she's hurt, but she don't want your careful sympathy. Though she'd never mind being held in someone's arms. Yeah, she's leaving, best believe it. You've seen it a hundred times. So you know to save the place for her in your heart. She's bound to the small town she calls her home. But she'll be highway bound towards Reno before dawn. And she's bound to find her to come home 
bound to this small town she calls her own. But she'll be highway bound towards Reno before dawn. And she's bound to find a reason to come home. 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 I like that. I don't know if it was me talking about the Eagles with a little Glenn Frey in there. Yeah, thanks, man. I love the Eagles. They they're like contra. I feel like they're controversially like controversial, but I like the Eagles. I love the. I I grew up with the Eagles. I mean, now I know Vince Gill plays with them, but and he does an amazing uh, job with with that music. But I just can't afford an Eagles concert. Yeah, yeah. I wish I, I could charge three hundred dollars a ticket. <laughs> yeah, for nosebleed. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, one day. Oh, right. One day. Now do you have, I have dreams a lot of times of me playing and in my dreams, I'm playing the music and I'll wake up and I was like, oh, I gotta go play that song. What was it? Do you get that too? It happens, but I feel like I never really get it, mm-hmm. get it down in time. <laughs> I think what happens often though is, is I'm going to sleep and I'm not really asleep yet, but I get an idea. Mm-hmm. And like, since I'm in bed, I'm like, I'll just, I'll just work on it tomorrow. But then you never remember the next day i almost feel like it's like you're not even actually like you don't even actually have an idea it's just like part of the dream and there was no way you were ever gonna get it down i've lost so many songs by doing that yeah i mean i i now i'm thinking as i got my phone i just record it and it's like okay and then i'll go back and try to remember how i played it but if i don't tell myself the chords and where i capoed it and what tuning it was in I forget, the, yeah. I forget how the hell I did it. I was like, what chord? oh, that sounds really good. I've hundreds of times I've done it. I was like, that sounds so great. I was like, what chords am I playing? I have no idea. I can't, I'm yeah. not good enough to identify by ear. Yeah. So I want to thank you for coming on, Elijah. No problem. Thank you. And what I'll do is like, yeah, send me all the audio of the songs you did when you get a chance. It's a, I could send your versions over too, if, if that's cool. It, whatever you want, that's fine. Uh, it'll be uh, to the Georgia Songbirds at Gmail, and uh, I sent you a friend request on Facebook, so sure. we can do that. If you want to put one of your songs in the countdown, I don't know if if uh, Molly told you what we do on that part too. Is each week I do a top ten countdown. I let everybody vote on it, so I'll I'll play fourteen songs and the ten top ten move forward, and then I'll introduce four new songs each week. Always let guests bring theirs up quicker so I'm, I can move you up if you want to put it in. And we take all kind of genres. So it's not just country. It's just it's, it's rock. We've had uh, – I've had a, a rock band from Russia. So, I mean, it's all kinds of music. Well, I, I don't I don't discriminate on that part. The only things I can't put on there is like rap or like heavy metal, stuff like cussing in it because I, I send it off to other radio stations too. And they, they'll play it and they won't play stuff like that. So I have to kind of cut it off there. But other than that, it can yeah. be anything, anything you want. Yeah. 
Cool. So, so tell everybody um, before I let you go, uh, all the places they can find you, the band, all that stuff. Uh, you could find us on Facebook, just at Mojohan. And on Instagram, we're at mojohan.music. And then we're on Bandcamp, mojohanmusic.bandcamp.com. Uh, yeah, I found there's a couple Mojo Hands on there. Did you notice that? Where we, I don't know. We thought about changing it just to, but I don't know. I feel like it's a race to which Mojo Hand can get the most followers. <laughs> but and, uh, oops, hold on. Uh, yeah, it's like a. I feel like it's a race to, to who could get the most followers, and that's who gets to keep the name. I don't know. It it it's a weird enough name. Like I just feel like we're we're fine and and as long as we tell people the right url or whatever yeah. they they yeah. and you could buy like uh because when i did yes ma'am i was like oh there's nobody put yes ma'am because i put like the dots in it but they would at the time they wouldn't facebook wouldn't let me put the dots uh sorry about that i was getting another call and <laughs> that, it, that's it fine went wrong. Yeah. I, I was like i'm sitting talking to whoops i was like did i do something <laughs> at first i had to check to make sure i didn't do it <laughs> yeah no it was me for sure but um i don't remember i said uh just saying like all that stuff that um hell i don't remember whatever so the people with um like i said tell everybody they can find you and then before i let you go i always ask one question of all my guests because we've been talking now for about an hour so we know a lot about you uh what's a hidden talent a hidden talent hmm let me see. Give me a second. Because uh, I have to do like when when I, I do that too. Like I have like I sing. My mom used to want me to do an Elvis song because I, I can emulate Elvis a little bit. So I'd always do like a karaoke of Elvis or I'd always do voices. Uh-huh. Uh, a hidden talent. I don't know. I feel like all my talents are, <laughs> are like not are in the not hidden. Uh, okay, I, I'll ask you then because this is gonna be audio, so nobody can see you, but I see you. How do you get your hair to do what it's doing? I don't know. I <laughs> so like I, it's crazy because, like, me and the bassist of the band, we've known each other since we were two years old, and we have the same hair. Mm -hmm. So for years, and getting asked, like, are you related? And we're always like, that's the funny thing is we're not even related. But yeah, we he had his hair long first, and we both knew we had red hair. But he he had his hair long first, and then I grew mine out, and just so happened we just had the same curly, crazy hair. Are you gonna grow your but beard he, as long as your hair? One day, I'll, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> My hair stopped growing a long time ago. Unfortunately, it started going away now. <laughs> yeah. I'm at that age now where I'm just glad to have hair. My dad is completely bald, so I'm I'm holding on for dear life over here. See, no. my dad was my dad was bald, but it goes by my mom always told me what it, it goes by the, the mother's father's hair. I, I've heard of that. I've heard that. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I hope it's true. <laughs> well, that's what they make hats for, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but i want to thank you again elijah for coming on and like thank I said, you for having this episode will be out in a couple weeks and what we'll do is um i'll put i'll put a finished song at the end but if you want to send me the songs 
the from the album, that's mm-hmm. fine. Have you want to do it? Uh, Georgia Songbirds at Gmail. Alex, I sent you a friend request. If you need it, I can message you the email again. And is there if there's a song you want to put in the countdown, let me know. Uh, this this week's full, but I can put it in for next week for you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Right. It was good talking to you. You too, man. That was lots of fun. Hi, everybody. That was Elijah Wood from Mojo Hand. This is Georgia Songbird. <laughs> See you, Elijah. Running through the meadow, Daisy freely don't mind the crowd. She can't help the smile that brings them all around. Born in this town, and never once left. Stays up at night, wondering what else there is. He's a daisy feeling unsettled Jump.